I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. My name's Jonah. My name's Steven. I am Brad. That, why did you be different? Just to do it? Just because I like to be different. Fair enough. <laughs> Brad, is, really Brad is so different. That's interesting you throw the, my, the different thing. I had this moment, uh, uh, the girls do this little gym class, this place called The Little Gym, and uh, they're not old enough where I watch. So I'm like, I drop, you know, I sit there and I watch them in, in class and they split them up into groups and twins are never together. So my daughter Kate was in her little group and Kate was in that mode of, I'm not going to do anything anyone tells me today. I'm going to do my own thing. And as I watch her like slowly move away from the group in my head, I'm going, no, go back over there. Do your thing. Like do it. But then I see some little girls in her group going, no, Kate, you're supposed to be over here. You're supposed to be over there. And then a second I was like, fuck those kids. Kate, (laughs) you stay right where you are. You do your own damn thing. Fuck them all. And then I'm like, oh my God, Mm. what have I done? You know, rebel. Of course, I don't say this, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, be your own person, whatever. Got to be your own person. That's what I say. It's true. Uh, today on the podcast, we're joined by the Lawrence Arms, all three of them. Three own people. Uh, we've had Chris on before, who's awesome, when he was here with Sundowner. And the Lawrence Arms came, uh, Brendan, Chris, and Neil, um, when they were playing, where did they play? Uh, Gramercy, I think. The show was awesome. And their latest record, Metropole, is one of my favorite records of the year, for sure. And it was one of the earliest records of the year, right? came out in January? Yeah, it came out really early uh, in the year. That's true. But uh, I still listen to it all the time. It's great. You guys should check it out. The videos, the video for Seventeen is really funny. We talk about it. Uh, they're just like such an awesome band. I just wish like they played like every three months or something. They're one of those bands that whenever I listen to them and, you know, if you like music, you forget how many albums you have and then you stumble across something and you go, oh yeah, I love this band. Yeah. Why yeah, don't yeah. I listen to this every day? <laughs> and that typifies Lawrence Arms to me. Yeah. All the records are great. Um, they're awesome and uh, they're really funny. And yeah, Brendan talks about, you know, soliciting dick pics. Yeah. Which he's pretty open about. Yeah. He's pretty open about everything. How do I put that in the keywords for searches? Search soliciting dick pics. dick pics. cock shots. No. Cock shots. By the way, what a great band name. Cock shots or hashtag cock shots. I take it back. <laughs> take it back completely. <laughs> Terrible band name. Terrible. Don't listen to me. Uh, we I actually- like the ice cream <clears throat> socialist better. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I found an old interview uh, Mike produced that I did with Timothy Oliphant. And all we do in the interview is talk about the ice cream socialists. And all he does is make fun of the band name 
I think it's a really good band name. <laughs> I honestly it, do. Yeah. And the, I've I had mean, some it, bad band names. It's really you. in my wheelhouse, I guess. But I will say that I like it. Our old guitar player, his band in Nashville just got written up for some big, in Rolling Stone, for some big country festival they're playing. What are they called? Do they uh, have a cool name? Heath Haynes and the High Dollars. Okay. And his name is Heath Haynes. Great songwriter, cool dude. Couldn't, like, couldn't be, was born with the most perfect rock and roll name ever. <laughs> Heath Haynes, beautiful. Great dude. So, Lawrence Arms. Lawrence Arms. So, yeah, check out the Lawrence Arms. Listen. Jonah. Yes. Well, dude, I mean, you've been talking about this forever. I'm yes. excited. We are joined today by the Lawrence Arms, Brendan, Chris, and Neil. Hey, hey. How's it going? How are you guys doing? I think awesome, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, can really, I can speak for me. These guys look great. I feel, I feel, I feel I've felt better. It's a lot <laughs> of sexy in here right now. <laughs> I'm feeling that, too. I mean, quite a bit. Is this the second full band we've had in? Uh, Oblivions? Oblivions. I think this is it. Yeah. Uh, well, we had... Um, Overseas on, but I guess I was in two. Oh, shifts. that's true. Yeah, we had to split that up. We can't uh, handle it. three piece. We can handle yeah. Four. I mean, once you get four or five, you're talking about a lot of dudes in yes. one small room. So yeah, it's. A, I think they call that in Australia a cock forest. <laughs> what? Uh, can we say that? Um, yeah, of yeah, course. Please, by all means. Um, in fact, you've just changed the name of the podcast. Cock forest <laughs> yeah. usually comes up later, but yeah. we can jump into it. Our Australian tour manager, she was looking around this airplane we were on one time. She's like, "It's a bit of a cock forest in here," and I was like, "Holy shit! Did you just call?" A sausage party, a cock forest, because that's way cooler. It is way cooler. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like sausage party. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like what going through the Primus. The thing, the thing that sucks about sausage party is it really, uh, you got it that. really gives a bad name to, uh, you know, just if you have a party and you have sausage at the party, that's mm-hmm. that's a good time. Yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> that could be great <laughs> until you see how sausage is made. And I don't mean like the slaughtering part. I just mean like the actual physical squeezing it into the tube of whatever. Hmm. Like, is that organic as well? Is that a membrane? Does that come out of something? Or do you buy that separate? Is that like... I think that's a casing. It's, it's a casing, but what yeah, the fuck but, is it mean? Well, it's, it's, it's either intestine or it's uh, or it's like a synthetic intestine. But it is, it is uh, like, traditionally, it is... It's so... I mean, making sausage, that's, that's what they this say. Guy, you know? This guy's an Italian citizen, so he knows a lot about <laughs> sausage. You know. I also am a big fan of penises. So, you know. Cock forest. Cock forest. Yeah. Let's keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you guys kind of fucked every band in 2014 by putting out Metropole, because it's so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like, I... I I was like, literally, I was like, I can't picture anything. That's why we anything. put out in January. Yeah, it was a good move. Like, everyone else should just not put out a record. Well, that's super nice. Um... You know, I kind of feel like, uh, uh, you know, we have our, our good friends in Against Me put out a pretty crucial record right at the same time. Yes, it's like, I agree. hey, we're back from eight years. Check this out. And it's like, well, here's a mission statement from a perspective that has never come out before. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. And it just happens to be it's such a kick-ass record, too. So, I mean, thank you. But I feel like uh, 2014 is going to be a pretty rad year for music in It general. seems like there's a lot, of, a lot of records slated to come out this year that people are excited about. Yeah. So I'm kind of happy we got ours out before all that happened. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you just want to set the standard. You know. Throw your flag down. Oh, this is yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Fuck the rest of you. Now you're forcing everyone to compare. It's like it's been it's been so long anyway that at this point, you know, we don't need like a bunch of records coming out this year <laughs> to like put it up against. Yeah. So that is true. a good thing. I was curious about like the, you know, the bonus songs like Bonfire Park and these pigs. Like, 
were those recorded during the same sessions? Yep. Because and, and how does that kind of work? Like they just you didn't felt like they fit, so you could put them out into other mediums. Well, the first thing is that like as per our contract, we had to have three spare songs for a deluxe edition. So oh. there was never a question of like a, a fifteen song record or whatever, you know. And right. um, but we never. I mean, we we didn't like premeditate what was going on the record. We were you know we just like okay, we're gonna record these fifteen songs and then we'll start to like piece it together with what makes the most sense and then what's left over will be the deluxe kind of gotcha. yeah had, had you guys been in that position before where cause that seems kind of weird i mean like it's probably really normal in the music industry now i guess with all these uh, you know yeah things yeah t- well you know the, le- the funny thing is like last time we put out a record uh people still kind of bought records a little bit you know so th- there's been like a pretty big seismic shift in the music industry since the Ocal Cutter record um also, but, also, I feel like now, like the deluxe record is kind of like this cool thing that wasn't yeah, really going on so much then. Yeah, I mean, we or had, like the the extra seven inch like companion piece, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, we with had download card. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our our record actually comes with a CD. Like if you buy the vinyl, the CD itself is actually in the record. So that's a, and then when you open up the CD, is there a cassette <laughs> inside the CD? Is a cassette. <laughs> Inside that cassette is a tiny man. Which we've discussed many times. That's just a movement that needs to stop immediately. Yeah, I don't understand oh, that shit, man. Yeah. It's like, it, give me, like, it's, it's just, you know, the next thing is just going to be, here's my sheet music for my band. There you go. Read how good we are. Someone did, did That's Beck, a really Beck, good Beck, idea. I think Beck just did that, like, what, sheet a music? year or two ago, yeah. Just put out the sheet music. Yeah. I don't even I ever bring a bunch it. of dudes I know, like, to my house, and I'm like, here, play these songs for me. <laughs> yeah. It's a Mozart style. That's how Mozart used to put out records. I think a lot of bands would actually dig that, you know, if you gave them the sheet music. Because one, they can't read it, and two, uh, it would encourage them to learn a new language. Yeah, I, I think we we'd have to hire somebody to to do that for us. What, now, um, forgive me. The d- deluxe edition is so that's just putting out the record again with extra songs. Yeah. Yeah, just online though, I think. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, not yeah, an actual just... physical copy of the deluxe version. So it's basically you you're making online Japan. Uh, what online Japan? You know, like I remember whenever you'd buy a record and then you'd go, "Well, the Japanese version is oh, three extra songs." Yeah, yeah, so you're like, "Well, yeah, fuck yeah. me!" Now I got to go pay for an import and get ten extra, ten, you know, get the same ten songs I have, but pay fifteen dollars more. Right, right. bastards! Yeah. And you know, I'm well, at least what's it. cool is that they put it out like on the actual release day. It's not like we like held the songs and we're like, <laughs> "Okay, buy the record." Okay, now buy the record again, <laughs> right? To get the extra songs, so you have the option like right out to get everything. I got into an angry fight over this issue. With none other than, you know who I'm going to say? No, I don't. Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's like I interviewed her and she was such, what's the term, festering cunt about it. <laughs> she had put out her first record, which I enjoyed. Good stuff. Poker Face, great tune. Like, got a good songs in there. And then she put out, she re-released it with an, an extra album, which was, I always thought like a major label, well, this will just get it closer to gold status. You know, it's just a, just a sneaky, shitty thing to do. And so I was like, you have like nine songs on here. Like, um, why did you re-release the record? And she was like, oh, it's, it's, it's two separate records. I was like, you, well, you released it together with the other one. <laughs> and she went, can we start over? And got just like really bitchy about the whole thing. I was like, what do you mean start over? Like, cause we were rolling tape. It was like for an online thing. I was like, what? I, I don't know. No, we can't. Can you just explain? <laughs> I don't want to upset my fans. And I'm like, are your fans that dumb? Like, I don't, they don't. And it turned into this awful thing. The label actually apologized to me. And I went and watched her perform that night. And she can't dance. And every time she fell, I just cheered as loud as I could. 
But that was like my first intro of like the deluxe, like repackaged edition kind of thing. But this sounds way cooler. No, this is pretty much exactly that. <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough. Well, then, festering. Content. Yeah. So we talked a lot about Chris moving to Portland when he was on Solo and Sundowner was here. Are you guys both still in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I got two kids and a uh, good public school like down the road. So I'm not going anywhere anytime too soon. <laughs> He's exactly in public school. So. I have two kids as well, and you're just kind of like, well, I guess we're living here. Cause that's, <laughs> yep. that's a Keith Herring mural in that elementary school, and that's pretty progressive. So stay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Me, me and my wife, uh, we, we bought this apartment, you know, and we were just, you know, younger, no kids, no thoughts of anything. We're like, this place is so fucking huge. It's amazing. One kid, we're like, this place is still pretty big. And two kids, and it's like, fuck this place. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a good school. Uh, you know, the basement doesn't flood. Fuck. <laughs> we're, we're, we're here. We're good. Yeah. You, Neil, you plan on sticking around? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of what I do takes place in Chicago with, obviously, uh, some studio work and, you know, Treasure Fleet and Smoking Popes, Lawrence Arms, all that stuff, so think uh it would take a lot to get me out of chicago but neil if i may <laughs> yes, don't brother. you have the opportunity to go live with a wealthy millionaire and a police officer in san francisco <laughs> i do have an open invitation <laughs> to, to go out west but I, I don't know about that scenario don't forget there's a little girl this is a sitcom waiting to happen <laughs> but this is actually true I mean, this is that, this is not this is not. Uh, I'm not I'm not making glib jokes. That is literally something. I did get an offer to move into the basement of a mansion of a millionaire <laughs> and a cop who's dating a, a cop girl. who's my old little league uh, teammate. Oh, wait, did wait, this wait. happen in person or via email? Why is it the drummers that this happens to? That's what confused. No, okay, hold on. Let's let's go back wow. a bit. So, just a random millionaire. Tell the tale. Um. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how far I want to go into it, but it's just, yeah, a friend of mine. So I got plenty of digits. Another friend of mine, and one of them happens to be a cop, and one happens to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and they've started dating, and um, it just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm like the the fulcrum in their relationship. Or like, you know, like <laughs> I bet, I bet they, this is a good way. I bet they say that all the time. <laughs> we should, really yeah, like the no, if you're not around, the relationship will crumble. <laughs> But are you in there in a professional I'm, capacity? No. no is I, money I, exchanged? <laughs> no. Okay. This is my favorite right. interview. Okay. Um, I, I don't really know where to go with this. <laughs> Be, beyond, like, if a millionaire and, my, and a good friend of mine from when I was a kid aren't going to take me out of Chicago, I don't know what would. I think that, I think that it, there it is. Yeah, right I think, that's, I think that was, we can all agree with that. Wow. <laughs> I love that. My first, uh, remember the first time I went to Chicago was in the summer and I was like, wow, it's fucking hot. And the next time I went was in January. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, uh, the, we- the, weather, the weather in Chicago is something else, man. It was like we, we, got to, we got to Boston and it was, I mean, it's cold. It's New England winter. But it felt like fucking palm trees and beaches <laughs> compared to Chicago. I mean, it was, you know, when we left, it was, what, nine that was like the actual reading on the thermometer, and then with the wind chill, it was in the negatives. Chicago's where you learn the value of a revolving door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Chicago, they build like these little, like, fucking, uh, like, canvas pagodas around the door. So if you just have one door, they, make, they give you, like, an airlock door. 
you know, because it's just like it's too fucking cold out there. You're sitting in there. Someone opens up the, the fucking deep freezer, and that's a lot it. of smokers in Chicago. Uh, in the winter. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They, they all go out there and just die. <laughs> <laughs> that's a commitment to uh, you it's, know smoking. They say smoking will kill you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, how is uh? You guys gonna tour like the entire year? Are you gonna go all over the planet, follow the summer kind of dealy, or kind of our thing these days is doing just like regional short runs, and so we don't we aren't doing like massive U.S. tour. Just kind of trying to be, I guess I'd say like strategic and not burn out doing this. So it's still like super fun, and um, like we're touring in a minivan right now and borrowing gear. <laughs> from the opening bands, which is the best setup ever. Yeah. By so the you way. guys really do like Crimp Shrine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I think they toured in a Pinto. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, this we're not we're not like sitting on each other's laps or anything. But it's a uh, it's it's super fun and it's a uh, it's a it's a great way to keep like our uh, sort of enthusiasm high and our expenses low. And uh, you know the thing is, man, you go on tour. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, California was great. New York City was awesome. Those seven shows in fucking Texas were terrible, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you can't get like, we don't have to do that shit anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, Oklahoma City? Fuck it. Let's not go there. How about that? We did it for so long. It's like, we're just trying to like, I don't know. Like, go to the places we know are going to be great and super fun and yeah, I guess that means there's some places that probably are a bummer that we miss here and there, but I don't know. Do you guys respond to all those kids who are like, why won't you come to my town in like Wisconsin or whatever? Dude, okay, so we just put out this record, right? And we're, we're from Chicago. And motherfuckers are up on Twitter and Facebook to be like, are you guys going to play a Chicago show? It's like, no, we're not going to play a fucking Chicago show for a fucking CD release in our goddamn hometown. Yeah. What are you fucking mentally ill of course we're gonna play a fucking we're show like, in where's Chicago. the midwest dates <laughs> it's, it's like, like they're, they're coming they're, motherfucker yeah, just chill <laughs> <laughs> but point being like we just you know we want to do this so it's like super fun and again like no reason to grind too hard man we we've kind of done it right we, we feel like we've done that and you know this is yeah like we did what eight or nine shows on the west coast and it was like perfect awesome and by the end, I was like, yeah, I'm about ready for, like, yeah, a couple sleep. days, chill, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. You know, we're also not the spry, youthful uh, forest nymphs we once were, so. Is, is, that, is that something, because obviously that's sort of a big theme of the record as well, sort of, I feel like, getting older and, and sort of dealing with that. I mean, is that something that is on your mind a lot, or more lately now, or not really, or? You know, man, uh... I don't know. Like, I, I definitely don't mind uh, the age that I am. I can, I guess, only speak for myself. I, I, I like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, fuck, you know, daddy's getting old and don't got it no more. I don't care about any of that shit. But uh, it's kind of like when you uh, sort of meet up with your, like, friends you haven't seen since grade school or something. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, you're way fucking older than you used to be. And I guess that means I'm way older than I used to be, you know? And it's like, kind of like when we started like cranking up this machine one of the things you know it's like these these dudes are like awesome collaborative partners to work with for me uh the one thing that had changed was like oh fuck i'm a dad now i'm an older guy like that was the that was the thing that had changed other, other than that it's like 
it's the same fucking thing. I'm not getting old. Nice. It's good. I think, you know, I, I don't wish I was, I don't, I don't, I don't wish I was like 24 that no, at all, but that's because a 24 year old moron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. And it's there's like, you look around and there's like so many examples of this everywhere. I look, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, <laughs> and 34, yeah. you're a moron. You're just kind of cool with it. Yeah. 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 And 44, you're like, fuck off. But <laughs> I mean, I think the record, also, it's like when you're in a punk rock band, I mean, punk rock is kind of like a young man's game. And like, so if you're going to be, if you're going to be making records in your mid thirties, there's got to be some kind of, I mean, I think we both felt writing stuff for this. Like there's got to be a shift in the way you think about this or else you're just making a record that an old guy is making, trying to be young, you know? And then it's like, well, yeah, it's like, you don't want your songs to be a fucking comb over. You know what I mean? It's like it's like these these are the these are you the, might have one. These are the dudes. These are the dudes we are, you know. And these are the things that uh, affect us. And these are the things we write about because we just write about being us. And it just so happens that uh, you know when you when you step into like punk rock. I mean, it's like fuck. Last time we made a last time we made a record, what well, we were like in our we were all in our late twenties, but we were still pretty much the same age as like everybody in like the sort of support band scene you know and uh and now it's like we're a whole dick ton older than all those fuckers you know like we're out we're out with uh well i guess the copyrights are about our age a little bit younger but we're out with uh this band elway and they're like they're the dudes who are like really in the mix like always touring and shit like that and they're, they're kids in their fucking early 20s and it's real different real different program how do you guys feel about, I know you've spoken out about, you know, Warp Tour in the past, but I get very confused with all the festivals and the fests and everything that happened. And we've talked to people who discuss it, and I agree with them that, you know, if you get all the bands that come to one area, not a lot of bands are going to, you know, if you have your location clauses and things like that, not a lot of bands are going to get to play clubs out and about for a while, mm-hmm. you know, unless you do the secret free show and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and you're not making any money. It's really hard. Uh, how do you guys wrap your heads around that? Well, you know, man... Festivals are one of those things that it's like uh, they can be a big event for people who are from places where shows just aren't going to go. And, and you know, so like say you do live in some like dipshit town in Illinois and all of a sudden Riot Fest is happening. It's like, hey, mom, I'm going to go see like all 20 of my favorite bands, you know, whereas like you may you might not be able to make that trip to just go see the Lawrence Arms play at the Metro, for example, you know? So it's like festivals have a have a place, and they, they are, like, really helpful, I think, in terms of just, like, being big events. Um, but there is, I mean, the thing is that there's, like, the, the DIY economy that used to, like, really thrive by all these bands touring, it was kind of for a second, like, uh, usurped by the Warp Tour, I think, in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. That kind of, the, the, the game has changed so much because there's so much, like, underground indie networking and shit that goes on now that like there is like there are going to always be like th- these thriving like underground networks now just because yeah, of the internet tour, i mean touring changed a lot i think from when we started doing this because back when we started touring you kind of knew about all the bands that were actually out on tour like there was just there wasn't so many yeah like, there's just so many bands so many like underground scenes and different like networks and stuff that I mean I have that I have no clue about at all. Yeah, yeah what <laughs> you was, know, but like it just was really I don't know things. Yeah, clearly things have like shifted a lot in terms of how all that works. Yeah, so I think you know I, I guess uh, short answer, yeah, man, club shows are cooler than festivals, but like 
fest- festivals have a place. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think festivals have gotten a lot cooler um, in the last few years. Like Riot Fest, I bring up again just because that's like our hometown thing and our, our friend does it. But it's like, that is a good fucking time. It's really, really fun. And it's like, we're playing here and fucking Public enemies playing right there. That's that's not going to happen anywhere else. So, you know, I mean. Like that more than Lollapalooza in Chicago? Uh, I've never attended Lollapalooza. All I got to do is hop that fence. It's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. did uh, we did Soundwave in Australia oh, yeah. last year, and that was super fun. Didn't and that tour, didn't that move? Yeah, it moves. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like traveling a traveling tour. It's okay. awesome. And, like, they treat bands really well. It's super fun. But there's some... Like, that's a tour where there's some hilarious, like, bands on it that are just like, what? Like, Cypress Hill's playing, and then, you know, Slayer and Metallica are, like, headlining that thing. I mean, it's... Yeah. Those are the kinds of things in festivals that you just... I don't know. Like, that stuff's really cool. It doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, watching... uh, Watching the dudes from Cypress Hill, like with their like breakfast pastries in the morning, looking around all the metal bands, <laughs> trying to figure out what table to sit at, is like one of the most priceless experiences you can ever have in your life. <laughs> they toured the band, no, they don't, don't they? Didn't uh, they? They didn't on that tour. No, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen them with the band. Before. I, haven't, I haven't. I haven't talked to my my guys in Cypress Hill lately. No. They were they were great though. Do you want to call real. Be Real now? <laughs> I listened to a podcast where Be Real was a guest recently. It's great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He's, He's a giant too. He is big. Yeah. yeah. We we are. Uh, we always go to the we always go to the whiskey in LA after we play at the Troubadour and we always run into random Rainbow. Oh, Rainbow, you're right. Sorry. And we always run into like random celebrities. He was there one time. There's only uh, one there and we all know who it is. He was sitting there uh with Lemmy. Was, yeah, he was, was with Lemmy and then Larry David was there with Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. Um and you our, couldn't tell which one was which. <laughs> Oh man! Somewhere Bill Maher just got so angry, and he doesn't know why. (laughs) What? (laughs) Larry David is is huge as well. He's he's like be real size. Really, really tall. Yeah, he's really tall. And Bill Maher is actually kind of pocket sized. He is. He's very tiny. (laughs) He's very tiny, and he is very very angry. (laughs) And that's it. That right there. You know, it's got that little liberal screaming at a wall mentality. Yeah. That is funny that Lemmy just lives at the goddamn Rainbow Room. I moved to L.A. in '95, and. Uh, went to the House of Blues and Fishbone was playing. Um, and my friend's like, let's go across the street to this bar. We know what the fuck we're doing. We went to the Rainbow and there's Lemmy just hanging out playing Miss Pac-Man. He's like, you want to play? And I was like, no, I'm going to go. <laughs> Never come in here again. Yeah, man. <laughs> Speaking of that, I mean, was, was LA a big inspiration for the 17er video or was it? Well, the way that that kind of came about logistically was we had, we'd been talking and um, <laughs> Chris was had suggested that we do a video based on the introduction to perfect strangers. Right. And, just like straight parody. Right. And, uh, <laughs> which is a great idea. And as all of a sudden I started trying to like, I've got, I've got like a little bit of a production background. Um, so I started kind of like trying to pull a few pieces together and our friend Ben, we like had, uh, Ben Pierre, who's a New York photographer guy. We had, uh, kind of thought that maybe he would be a good choice to direct it. And it just became this logistical nightmare, like, instantly. It was like, there's no way we can fucking get this done in Chicago. And uh, and so we called Epitaph, and we were like, well, you know, if, if we go to L.A. to shoot this video, do you have, like, producers and shit in place? And they were like, yep, we can handle all that shit. And all of a sudden, we were going to shoot a video in L.A. And, like, what's what's, like, a more obvious, like, awesome video trope than the like midwestern hayseeds stepping off the bus into the fucking you know the 
grime and glamour of Hollywood. You know, it was, it's just like it kind of wrote itself at that point. It was. And what was great is that that's like the story. Like you don't need any more than that <laughs> to to watch the video. You know, it's like, oh yeah, these guys from Midwest go to L.A. and then like rock and roll bullshit, whatever happens, <laughs> and like there's no there's no like. You don't need like any more narrative than that. It's like if it doesn't really make sense after that, it's like yeah, whatever, you know. So they end up in cl- in ICP makeup and boom, <laughs> done, you know. And so it's just made, and it's like wigs and makeup is funny, and that stuff works. So yeah. I don't think we wanted to do a serious video because I mean I know there's like people who are like oh, for that song, you know, how did you, why don't you do something that was like really like heartfelt serious video? And it's like I don't know that stuff is a uh, because you know what the world doesn't need is another fucking aging punk rock band sitting at a bar with a <laughs> yeah, fucking slow exactly. motion shot while smoke wafts in front of their face. Yeah. Fuck that shit, man. It's like, you want you want a, an emotional, resonant experience with the song? Turn off the fucking video. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that like, was my next question. Is like you only make, If you want a video now, you make it because you want to. Yeah. There's I, no need. Yeah. No, yeah. It should be fun. Yeah. And it, I mean... Shit, man, that was a good ass time shooting that thing. I, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've seen it, but it like I, I think it's pretty obvious. Like that was one of the more fun weekends. Let's go to the video. <laughs> that works. That's I'm gonna do that every podcast. You uh, but I understand why people would say that too, because it does seem like there is such a huge dichotomy with their band between like goofy humor and then like super serious, dark, heavy shit. I mean, where do you ever? How do you sort of find the balance? Or I mean, I guess. Well, he's he's funny, so it's like that's the you know what's that he, like? He, he brings that element. Uh, that's just like his whole his vibe. It's just the, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm. A, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm funny too. Chris, Chris but, is uh, one of the funniest people I know, and Neil is actually one of the funniest people I know as well. the The thing is, man, um, I think that there is a like anything that's really worth a shit has a sense of humor, and that's not to say that it's funny, like laugh out loud, ha ha. But shit that's, like, deadly serious, you're looking at, like, you know, fucking shithead poets with their fucking hair slicked back that demand to be taken really seriously on one end. And, like, guys with a pantyhose on their arms that, like, are, like, you know, talking about the devil and, like, tears and shit like that. It's just not cool. It's it's lame. There's nothing cool about having no sense of humor. Like, if, if, you're, if you're an artist and you're like, I take my work very, very seriously. I'm dead serious about my art. There's nothing funny about it. It's like, well, then you suck at it. That's that's all there is to it because like life is like this balance of like sweetness and sadness. It's like the happiest moments of joy and the worst moments of pain. Like you physically react almost identically to them. Do you know what I mean? And so like that sweet spot is like sort of where you can take something and you can see the humor and darkness or you can see the darkness and humor. That's what makes art kind of fucking interesting because anybody can be like, Oh, yep, death. It sucks. It's like, yeah, no shit, death sucks. Is there is there a funny side to it? Is there an interesting side to it? Like that that's 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 fucking what that's what it's all about here, man. So uh, you know, the, yeah, we try to kind of strike that balance because I think to me, that's kind of what makes stuff interesting. And it 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 does help that like we're I think kind of all like minded in that way. That like, you know It's kind of a punk thing when you think about it. You know, like the humor and the you know, the humor and the sad going all the way back to it, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's also like a fucking Shakespeare thing. I mean, there's a reason that those fucking masks, one's frowning and one's smiling, you know. Like, that's 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 been the sweet spot of art for... And Shakespeare did write more shit than good stuff. <laughs> Everybody does. Stephen was a theater major. He knows Cymbeline, a lot. read that shit and say it's brilliant. <laughs> King Henry the Sixth, part three, part three. 
<laughs> Part three. Start there and work your fucking way back. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Wait, hey, man, if you don't write more bad shit than good exactly. shit, you're not writing enough shit. That's, yeah, but then he invented yeah. words, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would... It's interesting. I was having this conversation the other day about, um, like, I'll, you know, radio someone about, you know, alternative radio or, or modern rock when I was in school. And it's like, now if you listen to alternative radio, you're going to hear Nirvana, you know, and that's going to be mixed in with something new. But if you go to pop radio, you're going to hear all completely new. And then I was talking to someone and I was like, God, I guess when I was a kid, get classic rock radio and that was shit that was, you know, this was the 80s, so mm-hmm. 20 years prior, late 60s, so that's classic rock. I started thinking about like a lot of the records that I was listening to, they're like now just turning 30. I know. You know? Oh. And it's like Milo goes to college, man. Like that's that record and you're like, oh fuck, that's over 30 years old. Holy Think about shit. this, man. To a kid that's like 10 right now, Nirvana, uh, Nevermind, is older than when you were a kid to Buddy Holly's album. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, that that's like the the fucking, you know, like the primordial bits of rock and roll <laughs> to you. <laughs> now, that's just fucking Nirvana. That's just like, oh, that band I listened to in high school. Yeah. Fuck. That's really, really <laughs> that's crazy. So I start thinking about punk rock like that. I'm like, well, shit, how anti-authority could it be if it's been around for fucking 30 years? <laughs> I'm over 30. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, you know, just because you're an old man doesn't mean you can't like fucking piss on the side of a building. Yeah. No, I could. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you think that it's like? How does your? How would you describe your sound as evolving? Because I first got introduced to you guys with Greatest Story. That was the first record I got. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I just think that like we evolve and our sound kind of comes with us. I don't. I don't know that there's like. Yeah. Well, well okay. I, good I think. I think about it in the way that's like it's not super conscious, but. Like, Greatest Story Ever Told, clearly a very different record than O Calcutta. And, like, O Calcutta is kind of reactionary to Greatest Story Ever Told, you know, which is, like, really kind of, like, thought out a little more, <clears throat> I don't know, just not quite as super urgent. Mm-hmm. And O Calcutta is, like, we're a live band making a, a punk rock record. Like, we want to, like, make a record that goes back to, like, the records of our youth and that is, like, really super energized. And, and that was, like, a deliberate very kind deliberate like thought process and then i think this record was not as deliberate in that way i think we just started to write songs and since it's been so long it's like we have to accumulate songs before we even get to a point where we're like okay we're doing this right it's got to feel cool and it's got to feel like there's a sense of urgency or else why are we making this record so but i don't know i mean i like I like to think that in some ways this this record has like all the elements of the Lawrence Arms like up till now. Yeah, I, th- I think it. I think in so. some way, like some kind of blend of a lot of the. I mean, I think they're all stylistically similar, but there's clear shifts in, on each record. How know. do you know what song goes well where? Because you have you know other projects and bands and things that you guys do when you're creating something. How do you go? Oh, this is Lawrence Arms, and this isn't going to go say Sundowner. Um, I just. You know, I don't think of too much about it, man. I just think I have an innate... Think about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I have a... I, I just know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, man. It's stupid like, gut feeling like, totally strikes stupid. again. But it's like... Chris is like, like, I thought about it last time I was here. <laughs> yeah. Listen to no, that man, one, you asshole. Just, you don't even know. Here. And then also you're like... We're like talking... You know, like me and Brendan are talking about this stuff. And then we're like writing along the way. And it's like... Then you get involved in that project. And that part of writing... It's like... 
when I was writing Sundowner songs, I was kind of like doing that. And then like you shift your writing and you're like, oh, now I'm like totally going this way. And then suddenly the songs start to stack up and they kind of, you know, make sense together. And then Brennan sends me songs and I feel like I'm like, oh, damn, that's awesome. I got to, I got to, you know, yeah, write something better. That's, that's, and, that's the whole thing. Like when, when we write, it's so collaborative in terms of not actually like writing the same songs, but in terms of like feeding off of each other. That that's a huge part of like the way Lawrence Armstrong's get written. I mean, you know, um, so much of my inspiration for this record was like from the songs that he would send me and be like, "Oh fuck, that that shit came correct." I don't want to look like we, a dildo on this fucker. We, we <laughs> were writing this, we were writing this record by sending each other like like demos we were doing on our iPhones. So like just like play the song into it and send him a text message. Here's this one, <laughs> and then we're just going back and forth for like a couple months. That's so wild. I mean, a lot on stamps. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking last, Chris was telling me sort of, I was asking about kind of all the between song kind of samples and the kind of noise and that stuff. I mean, what, Chris kind of explained it, but maybe since you were kind of doing it, what was kind of the idea behind that? Well, initially, so once this record started kind of coming together, uh, we had discussed doing this thing where like we, we finished the basic tracking and then we went out to Vegas, uh, to play a show. And, uh, Chris and I had discussed doing this thing where we kind of like interview each other and we walk around uh, Las Vegas and like the various sounds and kind of make this like almost like link letter esque sort of just like stream of consciousness thing that goes throughout the record, right? Of of us talking to each other. And as we 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 compiled all that footage or uh, audio footage, I guess is what you'd call it. But uh, when we got back and we started like actually like laying it in, the parts that ended up being the most compelling or sort of the sounds between like when we were speaking. And it's like, you can't really get a lot in dialogue out in the time it takes between songs, you know? It's- well, right. And when we started listening back to like the dialogue we're doing, we're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. We sound ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot you of know, like, well, like- uh, what, uh, <laughs> shit like that. And, and you know, like have you these- heard our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and and, the, and the, the audio bits that were just like more like, like real like landscapey where it's just like, oh, this is just like this fucking car going by, or this is like the some weird the sound Vegas like you know out street band like, Ve- Vegas bagpipes, which yeah. by the way is the name of my new band. Uh, don't don't fucking step on that shit. You don't people. want cock forest because <laughs> you can have cock forest. I'm okay. Vegas bagpipes. Fair enough. Um, but like that that shit is a uh, it just ended up being cool, and then um, I ended up uh, going on vacation and. Um, I just started recording all these street musicians because I was in Italy and there was like so many insane street performers in like the Piemontese region. Uh, that I don't, I don't know if it's like, I mean, I've never seen anything quite like it. It's like over here is a dude playing a squeeze box and then you turn the corner and there's literally a motherfucker on a grand piano. I feel, I feel like Europe is a, is a, you know, it's a good place for street performers. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, in not, general, but, uh, so then, you know, I started recording those things just be- and it wasn't even necessarily a conscious like uh effort to be like oh these should like definitely go with with the stuff that we did you know in Vegas it was just more like oh th- this motherfucker's playing a goddamn saxophone laying down pissed drunk in the middle of the street i'm recording a little bit of this because <laughs> what the fuck is going on here you know and uh it just kind of all ended up working out the way it did and uh you know i, I guess the, the thing that's really cool about it is like our intentionality started one place and it ended up someplace totally different but i actually think it tells a story that we were trying to tell like more efficiently and and better 
than the way we set out to do it. So, well, yeah, and I think we always, I mean, we believe in albums, you know. <laughs> so totally. it's like this is a way to like thread the record together and like there's like a beginning and a middle and an end and these are like the nice like transition sounds that kind of like bring you along and you and, guys also sampled the last song and the first song yeah You're like yeah that, i thought that was really cool too yeah well, you know like that's something like uh that's uh we're no strangers to like songs referencing other songs and stuff like that and especially like greatest story ever told that album closes out with a line from another song which suggests that this will be the last line you know it's i mean i know i know this sounds a little more confusing than it really is but um <laughs> you know the whole the whole sort i think the that 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 line that's uh you know i was born and i died and just a moment went by uh which is the first and last line of the record is in reference to uh vertigo which both of us were writing about we, we didn't even know like all of a sudden um Chris sent me that song. I was like, is this about Vertigo? And I was like, I was writing about Vertigo too. Having it or the movie? Uh, the, the, the movie. Okay. And, and then specifically the scene, um, you know, where, where they're looking at the cross cut mm-hmm. of, of the Redwood. And that's essentially what like Kim Novak says there is that's just kind of like rephrased. Yeah. And, and, but we were both writing about that very scene in that movie, in that moment. And like, it was, it was a completely unconscious thing. But, uh, I think that, you know, the, yeah, I think that the uh, the theme of this record, I you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's about getting older and stuff like that. I don't really necessarily think that's totally what, what like the theme is. I think that's like the surface dressing of the whole thing. But really, it's more about just like the relentless, battering passage of time, and you know, like this 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 circle ring of a tree. It just like it opens and closes. It doesn't open and close. I guess rather, it's it's just. Boom, you know, I was born and I died and just a moment went by. That's the first line. It's the last line. It's kind of like this entire album can be summed up in like the blink of an eye, just like your entire life. It's just like, it's like you think you think that like, you know, what you say on Twitter is like, oh, my God, I don't believe I was such a dildo last night. I got drunk and I, you know, made a stupid tweet or like, you know, I acted like an asshole or like my ass is starting to sag or, you know, I feel like it's like, you know what, man, it's all going to be over like that. So don't don't sweat that shit. To let that ass sag. And and not in a way that's like, so nothing matters. Right. You know, more in a way like, so everything matters. Everything matters. You know? Exactly. I mean, We're I talking think, about, yeah, it's you know, being, being very present. Yeah. It's like, yes. And, now, and when you put the tunes together and then do you, Neil, do you hear them like, like, and then add the drums or are they very specific? Yeah, no, they, they send me uh, songs and lyrics usually. Yeah. And uh, I get into it on my own, and then I come in with my ideas, and then we kind of hammer out beginnings, ends, and transitions. And when you hear the lyrics, does that affect like how you put the beats together? Oh, for sure. Yeah, That's I, I want to make sure that I'm not stepping on important things and putting drum mm-hmm. fills in at the right. You know, it's 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 natural because these guys write; they have those places just in their songs. You think about that. You think about what Neil's going to do when you write them. You know, I think. I don't know if I think specifically about it, but I think we've always worked really well in terms of when we're all in a room together and we're like, oh, you know, this like transition needs to like smooth out in this way. Or like, like Neil's got a really like thoughtful ear for how songs flow. And like, I know that I trust these guys taste and opinions when we're like actually rehearsing stuff. It's like when you write a song, you end up kind of close to it. It's I think it's really important to get like other ears on it. 
um, if you get too sewn into something, you don't find cool shit along the way, you know? Like, if you're, if you're too, like, oh, yo, I wrote this part exactly like this, it has to be totally like this, then you're kind of missing out on the possibilities of what can happen. What's Tell something me. that they've surprised you with, or them you, or... You know, I the one thing that comes to my mind immediately is um, we have the song on the Oak Hill record called uh, Recovering the Opposable Thumb, and it gets to the chorus the second time, and um, it was supposed to be, like, played through, but... Uh, Neil just kind of fucked up and like lost where he was and he, he stopped and we kept playing and it, it was just like, Oh fuck, that sounds really kick ass. And then Neil said, I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean like I was playing with Colossal at that time and that's totally a Robbie Kellenberger beat, you know, like yeah. going into that kind of like backwards kick drum kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, me kind of messing up going into like that sort of default feel that I was kind of in at the time. Yeah, and led to that little part, and then all of a sudden, like this, this, this second chorus is just like it's cut out and it's super sparse and shit, and it's like, wow, you know, that's that's some shit that like we never would have thought of. It's just like had to happen on accident. So that's that's sort of the first thing that comes to my mind. I know that like uh, these picks and me getting the best of me was a song you had played solo. Yeah, in the past, was what was it like, kind of taking a song maybe you've played by yourself a lot and then arranging it for the band? Uh, it was interesting. I mean, uh, dude, the thing about that song is that Chris's guitar parts slay on it so hard and the vocals like totally mask them. And I'm just like, I want to release that song as an instrumental because the, the guitar parts are so kick-ass and you really can't hear it in the final version. And, uh, you know, but I mean, it's 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 like, I, I write very spartanly. Uh, I'm not a very good uh, musician and I'm not like the best singer. So it's, it's always very simple chords. And, um, you know, so... Any song I write is just a few chords and then I give them to these guys and they make them into like fucking cool songs. So that one was sort of no different. But again, I feel like we added an extra step in recording the vocals that probably didn't need to be there. But it has a cool bass line too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so where are the other guys? Oh, the, no. dude, the dudes that are out there? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> a few more dicks in the room? Yeah. Sausage the, party. Gotta make the forest full. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were touring sparsely. Um, is that sparsely in uh, the continental U.S.? Or are you heading over to... We're doing a fucking week in Europe. I mean, it's the most outrageously... It's, it, 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 is, it is really like the let them eat cake of touring, man. People are like... Because European tours are always just like this grueling grind, you know, where it's just like, oh, nine weeks in Europe, five and a half of them in Germany. You know, it's just like every, every touring band is just like, oh, you're going to Europe? Oh, sorry, dude. You know, it's just like... It can be just so grueling. And to go over and we're like, yep, we're doing one week in Europe. It's, it's awesome. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be. I can only <laughs> imagine you dealing with the German journalist. Oh God, <laughs> Germans are amazing, man. We've, they, we've had some uh, some great interviews in Germany. <laughs> some great reviews got too. Sto- every band's got the story, and it's like I just I want to put out a book. <laughs> it is. Amazing. I have a feeling we're in for it this time too. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. I mean. Yeah, the Germans The Germans are really going to... The thing about Germans is they cannot compliment you without insulting you at the same time. And we call it the German compliment, but it is it is fucking without fail. The other day, in <laughs> fact, I'm on my Twitter. I wake up, and the 
tweet at the top of my like interactions is like, hey, your music is really good, but the jokes you tell on Twitter are so lame. And I wrote back to the guy, I'm like, are you from Germany by chance? <laughs> and guy's like, yes, I am. Now you can say I have no sense of humor. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. Of course you're from Germany. And it's, it's just like, it's always the same thing. It's like... This was a great show tonight, but you've gotten so fat. What's about that? You know, oh or like, or, it's amazing. Or, this record is not so good, but the last one I really like. And it's just like, what? And that's their opener. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's oh, yeah. their, how are you? That's, good to see you. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, oh, you know, um, tonight was a really good show, but the t-shirt designs, I think, are so bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, fuck, man. What? How how do you feel about Twitter? Because obviously you're on it a lot. You have a lot of followers, but I feel like sometimes it feels like I'm wasting my life when I'm reading it. Oh, do you deal with that a lot? No, you know what, man? I think that Twitter to me is like a uh, uh, second by second updated newspaper where you pick the fucking columnist, you know. And I think it's really cool. Like if if I want to know what's going on in the world, I look at my Twitter feed and it tells me everything that I'm interested in. Yeah, that's what I like about it. I mean, like it's like a it's a way to like curate information for yourself and, and know, i definitely waste cool. some fucking time on there for sure but uh i feel like mine's all like blurry photo of a band <laughs> like look how happy i am or something you know what i mean plus well, instagram isn't it both i feel I like instagram i don't understand it that's that's where like the age gap has hit me i'm like why would i look at pictures <laughs> <laughs> i don't give a shit I'll, but i'll but I'll, you know i'll follow reuters and 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 anonymous and whatever you know twitter feed and get really sad yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, it's you know, I I think I think Twitter is like the most valuable website on the internet. Honestly, I think if I could only go to one website, it would be Twitter, because it it, it is such a, I mean, it's 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 like the the internet distilled. You know, it's the it's the whole the whole thing, man. You want like nothing but pictures of like gaping assholes? You can get nothing but pictures of gaping assholes. You want nothing but like, you know, up to the minute like. AP wire news, you can get nothing but up to the minute AP wire news. You know, it's 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 anything you want. It's also someone if they don't know you, it's their kind of one way to kind of get in touch with you. Do you guys get sent like a lot of weird stuff via Twitter? Well, well I'm gonna get what's up? <laughs> I mean, you re- you request like dick pics and, and all that sort of shit, and I'm sure, I get of, I'm sure you get some weird ones. I get a lot. Do of, they come through? I, I get a lot of balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying, trying to grow your forest, or <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just well, a. Old Cock Forest Kelly. Yeah, Cock Forest Kelly. That's what they used to call me. <laughs> um, I haven't been called Cock Forest in many an age. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. You know, like, it, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how fucking people think that somebody else would actually like a picture of their penis. I, there's like, there's not a human being on the earth that wants that. It doesn't matter how awesome your penis is, but you know, ugly gland. It never, it never, it never stops being funny to me to be like, yeah, send me pictures of your dick. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? When the book comes out, people are going to be very upset. <laughs> I would never show anybody my collection of dick pictures. <laughs> going to be for an awkward conversation when you leave your phone after the parent-teacher conference. Oh though. my god. I, well, I, I feel like after this comes out, I'm going to get a lot more dick pictures, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> you can send them to our website, care of goingofftrack.com. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Boom, there it is. <laughs> when you do your week in Germany, is it what, you, you're railing throughout the entire 
continent and just doing you're doing like two shows a night or something we're actually doing fest we're doing a couple big festivals we're doing okay. rose rock and monster bash mm-hmm. um and then we're doing a few shows with no effects so all right on which should be awesome and the the european festivals are usually a pretty good time and we get to do a few club shows also yeah and all in the course of a week which is awesome yeah it's, it's, it's like perfect it, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be terrific and we actually did do uh, a tour um, by train um, last time we were in the UK, uh, and it was really, really fun. Um, it's sort of that was actually where we developed this new uh, paradigm that we live by, where we get we use the uh, support band's gear and we just cruise as light as possible. Yeah, um, that was where we sort of developed this this method. Well, it's like I don't understand why if you have the resources to do it this way you wouldn't. It just doesn't even make sense to me. Like, like why you just carry your guitars when you carry a Yeah, you, we do snare. we fly in, we meet yeah. somewhere, bring just like Draw. the essentials yeah. that you need. Break. Borrow gear. It's true. All guitar cabinets are the same, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And in punk rock, are, are it's like we, who's playing a huge like yeah. drum set, like Slayer. Like you don't need, <laughs> a, you don't need like a specific drum set. To right, right. Are the, are the Lord's really arms so yeah, in need yeah, of like perfect gear to make this work and sound right? No. <laughs> you know, yeah, no. Like, I think it's a great idea. So it's 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 a. Uh, and there's nothing funnier than like five grown men stuffed into a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> One showing pictures of cocks. <laughs> Dude, you're like obsessed with this. I don't know. The cock force thing just took off for me. You know? <laughs> it's just kind of running its course. I'm gonna I know it how ha- you feel. I'm going to let, let it happen. I'm going to see where it goes. Um, you know, Washington Monument's a very powerful symbol. So what's it like pulling up in front of the venue in a minivan? Is it, how does it's it feel? It's just exactly like you would imagine it to be. It's kind of... Kind of like a, a clown car. Yeah. There's a little the, bit of like hilarious. Control? Just, they are. What's okay. up with this? That's pretty cool. Why are all the doors remote control in minivans? Who has time? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But, but you, you have time, time to longer. wait for that thing to open? <laughs> like, I know. It's, it's fucking bizarre. It's like, how fast are you going to roll that shit down? I don't need to roll that shit down. I'm going to push a button. <laughs> Fuck I paid yeah. extra for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, you're going to put no effects for a bit. What prompted the jump from uh, fat to epitaph? Well, man, uh, the thing is, you know, we, we all grew up thinking that these, both of these labels were like the coolest labels in the world, you know? And so like, I remember the day that like Fat Mike called us and we were like, holy fucking shit, Fat Mike just called us, you know? And it was just like, it was mind blowing. And, and Fat Records has been amazing to us, but like, uh, you know, you only do this fucking thing one time man and like we we had the opportunity to be on epitaph and it's like oh so we could either like look back at the end of our you know career be like we had the opportunity to be on fat and epitaph or like hey we were on fat and not epitaph it's like there's no fucking question it's like try the shit while you're around to do it you know also it's like after so long of being in a band and not being super active and then to get an opportunity like that it's like what like this is i mean it's crazy. And it, it should be mentioned overtly that um, Epitaph is fucking awesome. And it's so cool to be yeah. part of the team, you know. I mean, Fat is awesome, too. And it's so cool to be a part of their team as well. I, I don't, you know, I got I got nothing but great things to say about both labels. But it's, you know. It's know. pretty cool being in, uh, going to Epitaph for the first time. And we're, like, sitting there, like, talking to, to Brett and stuff. And yeah, this is cool, man. And I look behind me and it's the original against the grain painting that's like massive, just like hanging behind me. It's like, 
It feels pretty cool, man. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, me and this guy sat up looking at the, talk about cassettes, the cassette cover of that shit. Many, many an evening listening to that shit, man. That, those were our, those were our jams back in the day. And yeah. I mean, still. still just going to do a couple records on Epitaph and do Discord and then. Yeah. Yeah, do them all. Bring SST back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Kind of walk down the hill and fuck them all. I mean, <laughs> you've been do, uh, doing this. Link band letter first. and colors. That's a good. That's I'm, I'm with you. Well, hey, check you out, man. <laughs> fuck. You've nice been in the, the band for so long, kind of together. I mean, do you think about what life would be like, kind of posted, or like, I don't want to be doing this when I'm in my fifties, or do you just kind of more? Is it more sort of what you're saying about living in the moment and just kind of? Not. I think that's. I don't know. I think that's why after so long now we figured out a way to do this that feels pretty sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like. Like, I don't think it's worth just making a record because we can, but I think there will be a time before too long here where we feel compelled to again, mm-hmm. because it's super exciting to put out this record and it's been fucking awesome and it's super fun totally. again. And, you know, it's hard being in a band for so long and like always having it be fun. That's just, I, I don't, I don't think I would believe anybody who's said they've been in a band for 15 years and it's always been awesome. Yeah. You know, completely. So like. This is like a, a really cool new time for us. And like, I think we could keep doing this for a while if we're smart and strategic about like what we can give, you know, it's like, there's no reason for us to be like grinding it out in a van all the time, like anymore. So why can't we just have this band? I mean, I kind of feel like I always been in the Lawrence arms. Yeah. So there's no reason to like make any sort of a, like, even if we take more time off, it's like. What's up with like statements about hiatuses and things like that? Just, this is the this is the band. So like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's just for, <laughs> yeah, you it's know like, whatever. So yeah, you haven't heard from us in a while, and then then here we are again. Yeah, and also from like a like a uh, tactical or sonic sort of perspective, it's like uh, these this newest batch of songs are songs that I think that we could be comfortable playing when we're say in our fifties, whereas. Like, you know, Oak Alcada was a super athletic record, and it's like, I don't think we could have maintained that pace and still been Dude, like... I can barely maintain that right <laughs> now. Like, sing, singing songs from Oak Alcada is like blowing my throat out. Yeah, it's, it's you know, so it's like that. I mean, I don't know if it was like a practical consideration or it was just like the way shit went, but like, you know, again, it's like, you gotta play songs that are appropriate to the dude standing on the stage. And, uh, you know, I think we managed to pull that off on this record which is nice no what you're saying that's cool. like what travis from dismemberment plan said when we were like are you together you're not he's like there isn't to be like it's not yes or no it's like it's not like you're dating a girl and you're dating or not like you are when you are and then you're not and like it doesn't it's not a big deal yeah and even when you're not it's like it's still i don't know like unless i guess i guess i, I think we're fortunate to like like each other a lot mm-hmm. i mean like and have known each other forever and I guess if you're in a band where you hate the other guys and you're like, fuck this band, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you're also fortunate in the sense that, like, you've, you have fans that, like, like you guys so much, you've kind of built that, like, you can disappear for a while and come back and people will still be excited and care. Whereas, like, I think that's a yeah, pretty rare thing. I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't know that, how that happened. That, that's something that I think uh, we we all feel very fortunate. I mean, what, like, what kind of fucking, you know, there, it's no, nobody would give you the advice of, like, hey, you know what? Take the entire end of your 20s and first half of your 30s off and don't do anything at all. And then come back, you'll be bigger. <laughs> you know, like nobody, nobody would fucking. And, and, you know, it's like the thing is that like we never like 
you know, when we first started, it was like we were on tour with fucking, you know, Thursday and Piebald, and like we didn't fit into that shit at all, you know. And then we went on tour with fucking Yellow Card and the starting line, and we didn't fit into that shit at all. And our friends are in, you know, Rise Against and Alkaline Trio, and these bands are just like blowing up and getting huge. And none of that is, you know, fucking happening for the Lawrence Arms. We're just like three dudes couple of beers, some guitar solos, and, like, some shitty fucking baseball hats, you know? And uh, and there, there was, like, never a point where there was, like... I mean, there's no re- recipe for success, and as a result, there was no success. But then somehow, it's like, you know, the fucking world turned, and now we're kind of cool. That's great. That's really lucky, but that I don't I don't think any of us could fucking point back and see how we got here. It's fucking, you know, like, fucking weird. That was the Lawrence Arms. That was the Chris, Lawrence Arms. Brendan, Neil, three guys who oh. make awesome music. Don't send us the penis pics. Those go to Brendan. Yeah, that's not this department. We don't want them. We don't want them. We take enough of our own. Yeah, it's it's not something we need in our lives. <laughs> but uh, you you guys do need in your life their latest album, Metropole. Oh, it's so sick. And Old Calcutta, the album before that, great. But Sweat and Tears EP. What was before that? When, when did Greatest Story Greatest ever Story was before that's, that's the first one I got. Yeah, that one's great too. They're all good. They're just one, again. Are they as good as that new United Nations record though? That They're uh, really good. It's very different. <laughs> how long? How long is a United Nations song now? You know what's interesting about that is I can tell you like on uh, the new record, some of the songs are like a minute long and some are like three or four minutes long. Four minutes? It's a fucking I would ballad. say average around two. I would say two. Two and a half minutes would be a... People don't realize, like, you're like, a minute long. Like, that's so short. Go back and listen to any Buddy Holly hit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny for because people are like, oh, you only have, like, a half hour set. I'm like, half hour? That's, like, going to be, like, 13 songs. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, a lot. Yeah. Like, I, and it's, like, it's hard to play. Like, it's fast. Like, I'm going to... I don't know. Like, I'm going to be out of shape and sweaty by the yeah. end of that. I don't know how you recorded that. I mean, I'm listening to the... It's intense. It's very intense. It's intense. It was a lo- very long process. A lot of caffeine, I'm sure. A lot of, a lot of stuff. Which you need. I can't believe you can drink a whole Stumptown and still yawn. Dude, yeah. I can't believe we reference Stumptown all the time and they don't actually sp- sponsor this podcast. Hey, Stumptown, listen to us and sponsors. We're mentioning you all the fucking time. <laughs> you should. And uh, I know one of the guys who works at the Stumptown, uh, they saw Telly's awesome. Uh, we became friends because I was wearing a Russian circle shirt. And he was like, you like Russian circles? I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to be friends? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, we knew all these people. He moved here from Portland. And now, like, we, like, talk about music and stuff. I was, I was like, do you know uh, how many girls I've met through this shirt? And he was like, how many? I was like, none, ever. <laughs> but, but dudes, no problem. I don't know how I'd react if someone's saying, you want to be friends? Well, it was like, he was with his girlfriend. And, like, she worked <laughs> at my friend's store. There was, like, there was more context to it than that. Like, I... He, he's i had like a, mutual people in common who i knew weren't like serial killers mm. what about the I ones who are like how do you i don't know man i mean i feel like it's always good to have more friends yeah yeah God, that's a good philosophy to have i should start doing that because i know you two and mike that's really fucking it like that's why your kids are your friends no they're not they're my kids i don't want them to be my friends ever <laughs> i don't ever want to be my kids friends even when they say we're friends i go yeah because i'm your dad that's a there's a big difference there. Your friends don't say fuck off and go to your room. Like that's Yeah, that's true. Like like no, I don't need I don't need children friends. 
When I was when I was a teacher, kids would be like, "I'm your friend." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. You don't know my birthday, nor my middle don't name." Cross over that line. So we're not friends. If you're a child listening to this podcast, I hate to break it to you, you're probably not going to be friends with Steven. No, piss off. <laughs> you should just meet some friends your own age who are in school. Still, you'll have much more in common with them. No, so what are you child listening to this podcast? <laughs> also, Someone what are you doing? Yeah, what are you Report doing yourself right now? <laughs> like honestly the are, if you're security. a kid listening there are way better things to be doing yeah like, if you're a 12 year old boy like seriously what are you doing like there's a lot to be doing right now with the internet god damn if that happened when i was 12 Ugh. but you have good taste in music at least i will say and good taste in podcasts that is true yeah you like very intelligent sorry we just dissed you no yeah. and you like and you like good audio you're familiar you're you know? awesome you we do not want to be your friend just because we don't like you it's just, we just want you to send some of your parents' money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go on goingofftrack.com. Yeah, so go into your mom's purse, take out the card, the shiny one. <laughs> Find, the you know, did your mom, I, can, does mommy have a PayPal account? <clears throat> Do, can she you get probably the, does. The password is probably your name and birthday, most likely. Exactly. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. Or password. Try spelling out <laughs> password. Or 1234 if you need a pin code. That's usually the most common one. So try all those. Um, s- send us money. Please, please. Um, don't email us for the love of Christ. Don't email us. We don't want to hear from you. Yeah, don't don't email us unless you're over the age of ten. Because then there's a tra- ten. God damn it, 18. <laughs> eighteen. Then there's a paper trail. I don't want to deal with it. Um, and also, if you're one of my nieces or nephews, please stop listening. And also, I'm not your friend <laughs> at all. I'm your uncle, and and that's how it works. I don't get like. I'm invested in mine. You guys yeah. partially. It, hey, if you're Steven's niece or nephew and you think listening to the podcast is going to get you like all these talking points at the next family function, you can talk to Steven about it and he'll think you're cool. Nope, you're never going to be friends. It's not going to happen. Get over it. You no, might I, be able to blackmail him at the next yeah. family function, yeah. but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And if you're my wife listening to this, thanks. It's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my wife hasn't listened to any of these. Yeah. Because uh, they're smart women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, I know that my parents listen to it a lot because I feel like it's cool. My my parents will know what's going on in my life. Sort of. Oh shit! If you podcast. haven't, please go watch uh, Jonah's TED Talk. I watched it. It's oh, amazing. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, it's up. It's online. It's called Living it's Without a Roadmap. Very funny. Thank I'll you. Go watch. I'm gonna it's, go watch. It. Very I, funny. I would like to say on the record, uh, I could not have done it without Stephen. Stephen helped me with it so much. I was so lost when I started, and it was so hard to put together. And, Everyone uh, needs an editor and a producer, and all they're there to do is trim the fat. Jonah, yeah. you're like nationwide now, man. You're taking off. You're going in all different directions. United nationwide. I'm trying, Whoa! Man. <laughs> I'm, I just spun around in my chair. <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, new season of Sound Advice is out. So check that out, and Above Average. Uh, check out the UN record. I don't know. I, like, I feel like all I do is like promote stuff. Like, I feel like you made that joke about it on Twitter to me yesterday, the other day. When oh, you were, like you're promoting thing? a lot of stuff, and I was like, and I wrote back to him. I was like, I would unfollow me. I was like, it's like <laughs> I didn't write that. I wrote you're a marketing machine because I thought it was so funny that I feel like it's so hard though, man. Because it's like, especially with social media, you like you want to use that stuff to get the word out, but you also like don't want to just like annoy people. There, there is a fine line between hustling and begging. There really is. It's, it's just not like so- even that fine. You can tell. Just look at, look at people that annoy you and see if you think if you feel like you're going that far. It's just like so much of the stuff I do is like a passion project that isn't like isn't a viable thing. So it's like I feel like I want people to know about it. Like I'm spending all this time doing this thing, kind of just to. Well, put there it is out a there. ratio. There's no point. It's like ten to one or something. Yeah, I think we talked about this the other day. Seven to one. Seven to one. Something right. like that. But it's like. Seven to one, what? Like, don't promote something, and then it's like eight weird puns or something, like to get my cred <laughs> back. 
Like it's not yes. like I'm posting like you owe, scientific articles. You owe us entertainment for that Man, commercial. I have so many responsibilities. <laughs> I'm single and I feel like I don't know how you guys do it, man. You have kids, you have wives. Yeah, cause to avoid being single. That's like, that's the, what, the dating and all that. So I don't envy you. Yeah, man. It is. Uh... I, I, envy, I, envy, I envy quantity, but no, not <laughs> kind of consistency. This is a part where like um, my parents are listening and they're like, oh, was Jonah going to say something about his personal life? And the answer is no. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.